Jay right in your face. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Fadeaway Podcast, episode number 10. I'm your host, Fatty. I got my boy, Zaid, with me here. Zaid, how you doing, man? Good, man. We're happy this week. Oh, we on very, cloud nine. We very, on, we, very we floating, happy. We floating this week. A 4-0 yeah. perfect week for the raps. Um, but, yo, it's kind of been off because we've had, like, six snowstorms. Yeah. so it, Like, it's since been, we last recorded. Yeah, legit. Like, three. <laughs> we've had three. Yeah, it's been pretty rough, three. man. It's been pretty rough uh, in the north here, but... Uh, uh, only climate wise, because basketball wise, we're doing pretty good. But uh, how are things on your end, man? We're good, man. We're good. It's last week I said it sucks when we come back and re- record on um, coming off a loss, and especially a loss that, that that last week, the loss before we recorded was that Minnesota Timberwolves loss. The this layup week, loss. The layup loss. Yeah. So this week, coming off a four zero week, hasn't happened this week, uh, this season yet. They haven't gone perfect this this season yet, in, in a fadeaway week, I guess you want to call it, but. Um, other than Raptors basketball, just you know, hanging in there. February. Yep. Hopefully we can get to March. February seems like it's lasted forever. Yo, the F one documentary is coming back. Season Ooh, three. Season three. That's season that's three. a good one. Do you that's believe in good. science? <laughs> oh, Carlos, science. Oh, science is it's back. It's gonna be a oh. heck of a season, man. Yep. Heck of a season. And all the drama last year, and I'm just excited because uh, I know. I mean, your boy won. Uh, everyone's boy, Lewis. Lewis. He's not uh, my boy, but you. Can't, it's hard not to be a fan of Lewis Hamilton. Of course, one hundred percent. He's goaded right now, and he's probably the only guy that, like, even though he's the unspeakable goat, no one can like knock you for cheering for him. Yeah, I'll be because it's Lewis, man. He's yeah. just he's just too good. He does it naturally. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, lots of lots of interesting things happening around the league. The Raptors found their way in the top five once again. And uh, they're they're actually tied. I think that uh, with one more win in an Indiana loss, they're up to fourth. Uh, so wow, quite the turnaround, man. Since two and eight, they're, they've been fourteen and seven. Uh, a lot to to be proud of. But I want to start because I want to apologize to the Raptors myself because I came out last week and I said I don't know with this two game Milwaukee. At best, it'll be a split. Mm-hmm. I said I bet. Mm-hmm. And look, I was jaded. It was you're after the Wolves game. It's like <laughs> if if you're asking me to assess the next game, you know, you just lost to the worst team in the league. Yeah. And now I'm supposed to assess you going up against one of the best teams in the East. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I was jaded. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, I said what I said. Um, but I want to take it back or no, I want to not take it back. But I want to apologize because they did come out and they swept Milwaukee to my surprise. I think to everyone's surprise. Yeah. Um, that first game, let, let's talk about that first game. So Pascal, yep. 23, 13 and six in that first game. Mm-hmm. I personally, I mean, he was eight for 23, so I don't love the, the field goal, but and I'm sure this is going to come up regularly. That six assist number. Yeah. is so important for his game this year, that step that he's taken. And, and I personally love the 13 rebounds, but I think his playmaking has uh has definitely taken a huge step forward. Where are you right now with uh with Pascal given not Pascal but thoughts on that game cuz he 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 came out. He came out and everyone knocks him, you know, he can't play against Giannis and this this and that and he came out. I what I what I thought he did a good job of was just was playmaking. That's the, what he's been doing the best all season long and that's the only consistent part of his game all season long. You know, people may argue that his inside scoring has been consistent or has been consistent maybe as of the last 10 games or 11 games when he kind of flipped that switch and he's like, I'm not going to shoot outside perimeter shots anymore. I'm going to attack the paint. Unfortunately, against a big team like the Bucks and a big team like the Sixers, scoring in the paint 
isn't as easy for a guy like Pascal who, you know, give you know, give him some credit. He's 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 pretty he's he's not a slender man by any by any means. He's pretty built. Um he's long, he's he's strong, but the teams are just too long and too strong too as big. well. Too big, to, too aggressive to, to, yeah. to, to, to post up on and scoring the paint on. What I liked from that game was kind of just the balanced output of scoring from the entire team. It wasn't more so about just about Pascal. It was Freddie was involved. Norm, who's been on fire the last 10, 15 games, um, you know, playing as a starter, he's been he's just been on fire. So having those guys all on the same page and being 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 able to you know have a balanced scoring output as I is I I think is the best thing that the Raptors could do. Pascal just it, it, it's tough we need to see him change up his game we need to see those mid-range jump shots maybe three-point jump shot needs to be consistent as as long as he's going to be an only you know only a paint scorer i think it would definitely be tough for him to to be the main guy on this team because to me right now so far this season the the number one option on this team is freddie yeah scoring facilitating defensively he's been the guy he's been the leader um so for me for pascal where do i see him right now i see him as the number two to freddie's number one if you want to call it and it sucks because he's the max guy yeah so definitely a lot more things that pascal can develop um in terms of that first game against the bucks the biggest thing was the energy they came out with it was on full display the defensive energy um the offensive energy had five blocks that game right so cb had five blocks that game the ball movement the, the 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 trust in your teammates to be able to Pass him the ball and score. Um, that was one of the biggest things. OG also came back. That was his first game back that game. Didn't have the best game. We, were, we can't really expect him after you know a 10-game absence to come out and score 15. It wasn't that bad. It was 13-7 and seven plus 18, 5-9 from the field. So yeah. it was decent. Wasn't like a game Probably that we want to have. Impressive defense, I'm yeah. assuming so. And, and, and especially, with, your with, boy. With, especially with Norm stepping up his scoring averages, you don't really need OG to score in that, that much more anymore, right? You yeah. just hit corner threes. Um, make timely, you know, passes. Make timely shots in 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 the matter, the times that it matters the most. Um, he held Middleton to eleven points, four for eight. That's so. that's huge as well. So yeah, for, for me, from that first Bucks game, it was just energy. They the Raptors actually won the rebounding battle that game, which is very very rare, especially against a big team like the Bucks. So those were the kind of the, the two things that I saw differently. Just energy, intensity was was it was all there. They wanted to win that game, and then the yeah. rebounding battle. They won. That that's 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 not something that happens often in Raptor in the season in yeah. Raptor basketball. You know what's funny to me is after that game, uh, all of NBA media was talking about, oh well, the Bucks dropped their fourth straight. They've been terrible. Of course, why? Would and they? the lack it's of respect good. that the Raptors continue to get from the media, which mm-hmm. is fine. I mean, I don't think any of them are gung ho on being praised in the media, and I don't think that they should be. That's not our identity. That's not what we are. Mm-hmm. But it it brings up an interesting point in like. Giannis commits this five-year deal prematurely. Everyone was like, you know, he's going to opt out and, and hit free agency. He ends up extending mm-hmm. five years, mm-hmm. and they got worse. I mean, let's call it what it is. Yeah, they picked up Drew Holiday, and he's, I mean, he's playing a pretty decent season. He's playing pretty well, but this team does not look good, man. They Their depth is not great. I'm not yeah. loving this team. It looks just like a bunch of random misfits, and I'll be honest with you. I still am not high on Coach Bud. He clearly yeah. can't make adjustments, yeah. and he looks figured out by like, like 
Nick Nurse looks like he's figured out Bud's adjustments. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it doesn't look like that Bud's made any adjustments. Bud has it's tough. Bud has one of the most dominant players in Giannis, and he still cannot. After two or three years now, he still can't find an answer for Nick's defense against Giannis. Mm-hmm. And Giannis in the second game off that uh, mini series, Giannis was held to I think twenty three points. I think it was. Um, it yeah, twenty three points, eight right. of twenty. Twenty three points, eight of twenty. Poor shooting night. But Giannis was the only person on that Bucks team to score more than 20 points. So that team yep. defense, the Raptors was, were able to challenge the role players on the Bucks. Say, hey, you make shots. Chris Middleton can't score above 20. Back-to-back it, nights. It, back Chris to, Middleton. So, so yep. it's Nick Nurse has been able to you know, single out a few coaches and a few teams that are expected to do very well. And he's been able to really capitalize and figure those teams out. Yeah. And for a guy like Giannis... You know, I understand that Drew Holiday wasn't playing those two games against the Raptors. Fair that he Kyle Lowry wasn't playing. But I mean, there, there's we'll something talk about, we'll that, talk about one. that one later. <laughs> but but Drew Holiday is a key piece. You know, you can say Kyle Lowry wasn't playing fine, but I think Drew Holiday's impact on that on this Bucks team might be a bit more than Kyle Lowry's impact on this Raptors team this year. Um, so you can make all those arguments and whatever, but. For a guy like Giannis to lose back-to-back games against a team that was pursuing you heavily and that you could have signed with. Should have signed with. All I'm saying is don't be surprised in one or two years if Giannis forces his way out of Milwaukee. We've seen it happen numerous times before. Yeah. No matter how loyal is, you, you, you say you are, it doesn't doesn't always work out. Doesn't the contract start next year? Because it's it hasn't even started yet. If they don't win this so year, if they underachieve, Bud is gone too. Like I think outside of financial security, there were zero reasons for him to make that move. Oh, there's no yeah. It was outside money. of it was hey, money. you know the yeah. the cap is gonna go down next year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. I wanna you know I wanna secure the bag now because I don't know what my health is gonna look like in a year. I just had a kid. Yeah, uh, I'm coming from the slums of Greece. Yeah, that he talks about not even having enough money to drink water, food, everything. You know, yeah. so I'm I get it from a financial uh, security standpoint. It makes sense, but. Mm. From a competitive standpoint, this Bucks team is—they just look a little sad right now. Like, you, you know when championship windows close, like that's that's what's happening right now. We've we've seen it with the Houston Rockets. They yeah, they had kind of that two or three year span where they, you know, you you take out you know uh, CP three, you add CP three, you take him out, you put Russell Westbrook. Yeah, in. the window is closing, and this is the last year where that window is going to be open because teams are going to get better. Teams already have gone better this year. Coach Bud, like we said. I don't think he's going to be there for too long after this year, uh, especially if they don't if they underachieve according it's to their tough, standards. Man. It's tough. Like two straight years, you underachieve, and and, mm-hmm. and this guy's prime. It's his prime. Like yeah, figure it out. Yeah, like how many coaches figure it out with much less talent? You you're giving the most talented player. Well, uh, no, depends who you're asking, uh, no, but he's a former know, MVP, former yeah. two time MVP. Two-time MVP. I, obviously, if you ask Pascal, he, I mean, if you ask Perk, mm-hmm. he's going to tell you he's not the most skilled guy, but. He's a relatively skilled guy, two-time MVP in his prime. You can like a lot of coaches would love to have Giannis right now on their team. Of course, like and you brought up a great point. Like if Giannis was in the Raptors system, this fifty-seven percent free throw shooting thing would not be not be a thing. would not be a thing. No, are you doubling down? Yeah, of you course. I, I I just think like the Raptors development system. Whether you're a star, whether you're a role player, whether you're a G League guy, they focus in on what you need to know, what you need to learn, how you need to play. You know, Pascal. They've 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 taught him a lot more how to facilitate. They taught they taught him how to pass out of a double team. They taught him how to play in the post. He never knew how to do that before. Pascal got big because he was hitting corner threes. 
You know, so he's added stuff to his game. Yeah, he's added stuff to his game that he didn't even know he could add, right? So you bring in a Giannis in this Raptors development and, and, you know, with the relationship that Masai has with Giannis, like from from back in the day already, like there's that trust there. There's that trust that that we're going to look out for you. This is where we're going to make you into a better player. Yep. Uh, Some things from that second um, game against the Bucks that I just want to highlight. Raptors came out and set the tone. A lot of times the Raptors off back-to-backs or off playing the same team twice. That that team is already pissed that they lost to you. Mm-hmm. The Raptors are usually not ready for that first punch uh, in the first quarter. They came out and they threw that first punch in the first quarter and along and through the whole way. Mm-hmm. They held the Bucks to ninety six points that game. Great defense, phenomenal defense. I tweeted Fred Van Vliet, first team all defense and an all star. Yep, those no are you know first team. You can make an argument that he might not be fine, but he is on some sort of all defensive yeah. team, whether it's first or second. And in my opinion. He should be an all-star this year. Given yeah. where the Raptors are, given how he has played this year, he should be an all-star this year. For sure. Um, and then finally, um, two more things. Points off turnovers. Raptors were up were, were, were up 24-6 to six on points off turnovers. So we're seeing a lot of that defense turn into offense. And then last point was three-headed monster, Fred Van Vliet, Norm, and Spicy P. When they're rolling, it's it's very hard to stop that offense. They put up 110 points in that, in that second game. They put up 124 points in that, in that first game. Mm-hmm. This offense actually might be the best that we've seen under Nick Nurse. Oh, well, I mean, they they were – it was a well, four straight games of 120-plus, five straight games, which is franchise best. Yeah. Um, they're definitely scoring a lot, and I'm very, very happy to finally see that defense come back. Yeah. Um, they held the Bucks under 100. Then they had the ugliest game ever against the Wolves, held them under way under – way under, almost under 80. Yeah. Um, but I want to add one more thing about Freddie that I, uh, that I actually tweeted out. Uh, you know how Kyle kind of made a name for himself as the guy who takes the charges? Yeah, and that's how he gets his turnovers on defense. Mm-hmm. Fred Van Vliet will be the best on-ball strip defender of all time. Of all time, yo, no, I'm, no, not, no, I'm yeah, not saying yeah, all time. Yeah, like that's obviously time. an exaggeration, <laughs> but like all-time Raptors for sure. But this guy's anticipation, mm-hmm. his hands mm-hmm. this season have been ridiculous. Like, yeah. it is unbelievable. Every game he gets himself three or four of those pickpocket steals. Yeah, it just it makes no sense. You can tell. You can tell he's improved. That he's. You can tell he's learning players' tendencies, and that's the next step. Once you've got the skills, now how are you gonna educate yourself? How are you gonna be knowledgeable? How are you gonna exercise your mind? What, what's your IQ like? That's the next step you take, and you see him. You, you, we've seen him strip Giannis, who's what eight inches taller, maybe forty pounds heavier than he him. He did it to Embiid too. He did it to Embiid. He's been, he's he's just so opportunistic in the way he plays his defense, and it's 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 amazing to watch, and that's why. He's making that case for, hey, I might be first team all defense this year. Yeah. Moving on to that Wolves game. That Wolves game might have been the ugliest, most frustrating game or frustrating win we've seen all season. Yeah. It, it, it was I, – I had a big issue with Nurse's timeouts, Nurse's substitution, man, and, and substitution management as well. The guys looked tired, and this wasn't a back-to-back. It was, I think it was the second night. Yeah, it, it was, was the second, second night, night of, of the back-to-back. back-to-back. You come against the Bucks. It was a trap game. Which they game. were 0-4 on second night of a back-to-back yes. on the season prior to that. Yeah, so it, it was a trap game. They they finally got one off the back off the back-to-back against one of the worst te- the worst team in the league. Um, so that's I guess that's a plus. But off, on those back-to-back games, it, it's tough to manage the timeouts. It's tough to manage the minutes. I understand Nick Nurse's you know challenge because you got to play your guys against the Bucks. You need that win. But on the flip side, you also need this win against the Wolves because it just embarrassed you last week. So 
Um, no rest for anybody. Um, Norm had a great night, 31 points. Uh, I think that might have been his season high this season. Um, but it was a good grind-out win. This last five of TD, Stanley, Pascal, Fervenvli, and Norm closed out that game perfectly. Nick TD Nurse, clutched it out. He clutched it out in that fourth quarter. And that was probably the smartest we've seen TD play all season. Um, it was a big day for him. Yeah, it was a big day for him. So he, yeah, his yeah. charges were, uh, were, were right dropped, out the window, man. Dropped. Right so, out the window. So that game was a great grind out win. It was nice to see the Raptors trailing after. I think it was they were they, they've got some trailing sort of after the, it was they, they were they were zero and thirteen. Yes, on the season when trailing after the fourth, thirteen and they came back uh, the third after the third, uh, after the third yeah. uh, and they came back two games in a row. Exactly. They did it against Minnesota and then and against Philly. So it was nice to them be able to grind out games. Um, that Minnesota game was disgusting. Though. Ugly, 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 ugly win. That 16-point lead that they had that just evaporated and just in front of our eyes. Furious. Furious Ridiculous. with that. You can't – that's a, that's one of the things that I was really having difficulty thinking about was Nick Nurse waited to that 16-point lead, evaporated to three points. Mm-hmm. They went on a 13-0 run, and you're not calling a timeout. At 7-8, you call a timeout for sure. I get it. You, your your hero is the Zen Master. It's Phil. It's <laughs> Phil Jackson. I get it. You yeah. want to be Phil. You brought up a great point, though. Zen Phil. Masters don't lead the league in technical fouls. Exactly. Like, that's the, quite literally the complete opposite exactly. so, of a Zen Master. Nurse, know your guys. Coach your team. You know your team best. Yeah. 13 points. 13-0 run was – show me he didn't know his team best. Mm-hmm. I know he knows better. Let's talk about the most impressive one, in my opinion, on the week, and that is uh, that's the Philly win. Last I'm not going to lie to you. Um, when the game started, it Ooh, didn't look good. At all. It didn't look good. It looked like Embiid was toying with his children, and mm-hmm. we were his children. Mm-hmm. Um, he was throwing Baines around like he was a piece of meat uh, in the beginning. In the beginning, and also they started off with that with the, with the small ball five a lot. or the, the uh, I think they are actually outscored by 11 points that game when Pascal was at the five, so Embiid is going to eat when Pascal's at the five. Is too no question. Small. It's too small. He was eating He was eating Pascal. He was eating Chris Boucher for everybody, a bit. Everybody. Everyone who wanted it got it from Embiid. And then yeah. there was a – I remember there was a clip where Fred is at the top of the key on offense and Ben is checking him defensively. And it was just like – It was ugly. Bro, it's like when you're playing against your dad in the parking lot and in the driveway, like, you know, when you're 12. He won't let you win still. Pop, you know, it's uh, – it, it looked pretty rough. But major kudos to these guys. They just came out. They had a 12-0 run in the first quarter. Fred went bonkers. Whew. It started out with caught that fadeaway fire. three where he banked it in like yeah. backwards. Yeah. Uh, caught fire, hit about three or four threes. They went mm-hmm. on a 12-0 run. And they never looked back, essentially, is what or happened. Or maybe even the 15 uh, it, was tw- it was it was 12-0. Zero. Yeah. Uh, it was like four straight threes. Yeah. And then after that, I don't, I'm not really sure, but it was the 12-0 run. And then they, uh, they never looked back after that. And I think that was mm-hmm. the most impressive win because... A, Philly's the number one team in the East. They've been playing fantastic basketball all season. They're healthy. Yeah. They weren't missing anybody. B, Joel Embiid is MVP of the of the NBA so far. He's definitely top two. Yeah. Him and Jokic are right there. He's mm-hmm. having a fantastic season. C, we evidently have a glaring problem at the center position. Yes. So, obviously, this guy's going to come in and eat because he's having a fantastic season as it mm-hmm. is. So, when you factor in all of these things and then, you know, Kyle Lowry's missing your, your leader, your emotional leader. Yeah. There's a lot of things that go against the Raptors. You had a long week, three wins already. You know, there's had they lost that game, nobody would have been upset. No. They just beat Milwaukee twice. You know, everything was great three in a row. But they came out and they won that game. Mm-hmm. And not just that, they held Philly to 103 points. Yeah. So Philly is an offensive juggernaut. 
Uh, mm-hmm. Ben had 27 points, and they still held them to 103. Yeah. Um, what I liked a lot in that game, obviously the the production offensively was pretty good. You had Pascal and Van Vliet with 23, Boucher with 17. Which he got late. But, man, DeAndre Bembry that game. Well, I love Bembry, man. The, I love Just Bembry. right place, right time, it seemed, on defense. He got he got hit in the face a couple times by, by, by Simmons. Ben. Yeah, yeah. Um, and bounced back up. I mean, his intelligence the fact that he dunks everything and doesn't mm-hmm. risk you know it just not going in <laughs> which seems like such a like necessary skill to have but man yeah. Bambri has been such a smart player to have and I, I know we praise him a lot on this podcast but he deserves it man and, and the thing He's is impressive. it's not just that game and when i'm watching Bambri, honestly like i don't know if this is an exaggeration hot take not hot take whatever it is Bambri, as far as i've seen this season might be the best cutter in the league because he's always in the right spot, the right time, makes his movements at the right time. How many of his baskets are off cuts? Probably like 80%. Yeah. Cut yeah. to the basket, fill the lane, dunk. He's a smart dunk. player, man. He's so smart and he gives you that he's a big body. He can handle the ball. He dunks everything. He dunks too. everything. He plays well defensively. He's disciplined. He's sound. He, he doesn't foul too much. Um, he's strong. He, he gives a lot of the opposing wing players a lot of problems. So and, and, and in a game like the, the Sixers game, we saw the Raptors collectively defense turned into offense. How many turnovers did we see? The, the Raptors were forced to turnover or not even forced. They would just play sound defense and make the Sixers make the mistake. And they would be running off the turnover, running, gun, running, gunning, running, mm-hmm. gunning. Um, like you said, Bembry, we, great game for him. He's been great all season. And you can see he's earned like solid rotation minutes. He's yep. trusted upon by Nick Nurse a lot. Um, another thing, he's the seventh guy off the bench. Seven or eight depends, right? Depends, depends now with like, Baines off the bench. It depends on the lineup. Even if he throws in a but he's right there. before him, he he gets more minutes than any of those bench guys. Really, he, he's he's top seven on the on the road. He got the start against Philly, right? He got the twenty. He did, he, he he did, did. get the start twenty yeah. minutes. Yeah, plus um, ten. Another thing is, oh, the, the, just I'm gonna interrupt you before you go. Uh-huh. But of the starters, he's the only one that was plus. He was plus ten. Uh, Norm was minus twenty six. OJ minus OG minus against 13. the Sixers. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Plus 10. Wow. Good for him. On eight points. So he, was, he doesn't need to. He doesn't need, he doesn't to, need score. to score, he man. Did. That's that's his, his impact game. is beyond scoring. Chris yeah. Boucher was a plus thirty two that game. TD was a plus thirty two. Chris game. Boucher was it's like a plus fifty two this week. Apparently, it's it's some wild numbers. He's ridiculous. This week. Um, what I loved about that game is that you could tell the Sixers did not do any sort of scouting report because they didn't care. He had four <laughs> or five straight threes open. Wide open, and he like took the them all. Yeah, yeah, he just snapped in the third quarter, and he took them all, and it was amazing. And it was amazing to see the Raptors feed the hot hand. When Freddie was hot, they said, here, Freddie, take it and take us there. Yeah. When CB was hot, uh, one five pick and roll all, all day. High pick and roll, CB comes out to the three-point line and shoots it because Joel Embiid is not coming out to, nope. to rotate on that. Dwight Howard is not going to come out and rotate on that. So Chris Boucher was eating, eating them off of open threes. It was amazing to see. Um, and to your point, um, you said they held um, Embiid to a poor shooting. I think he had a very poor shooting night. Um, his he had twenty six points on the night, but he had maybe twenty. It was twenty five points on um, six for twenty, but he shot fourteen free throws. And that's where the numbers are inflated because he shot fourteen free throws. Yeah, they did a great job all together. And Baines, you listen, you haven't been the greatest all season, but that game. Yeah, and I'll that take was his, proudly, that was man. his breakout game of the season, defending. I'll, I'll take and that. Shutting if he can be that guy, if he wants to be that guy for us, I'll take it any day. But yeah. at the end of the day, like you said, it's just one game. We've seen too many things from him yeah. that are 
upsetting. And mm. at the end of the day, I mean, like Raptors Twitter, the emotional ups and downs that people feel as a part of being a Raptors fan is like it's all highs and lows. Like one day you're absolutely enamored with this guy. One yeah. day you despise his being. Well, the thing is, it's not even one day or another. That was Baines's breakout game of the season. And 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 in my opinion, like he hasn't been playing so well that that game, that minimal, you know, eff- not minimal effort, but just him being able to shut down Embiid was like everyone was was like wow he could yeah. shut down Embiid. I did it. He did a great job in on Embiid in the second half. But, he was plus eleven in thirty I, minutes. That that that's a great number. Mm-hmm. I need to see more if you're going to be the, a, a big component of the team. There's bunnies that you don't finish at the rim. Uh, you need to rebound. You need to be able to protect the rim. And I, I get it. You you can't jump over a, text, a textbook, but yeah, <laughs> play your positional defense. Play that play that defense every single time down. Yeah. Um, playmaking. There's games where he shoots seven threes. Take smart shots. Make shoot one or two threes a game. If you make one, you make two. Yeah. Good on you. Take the third, but don't take seven threes in one yeah. game. I don't want to see that. So Baines has been the topic of discussion this week, and and not because, not only because he's underperforming in every game other than the Philly game, but yeah. there have been some advancements this week with a guy named Demarcus Cousins. Mm-hmm. Uh, ideas of him being waived by his team, and then Raptors. Half the Raptors fans said, yo, let's go get him right now. The other half said, is this even going to work? Right. So I'm on the half of go get him right now, and I'll tell you why. Um, people think for some reason that the Raptors fans that want Baines think he's going to come in and start. That he's going to come in. And, yeah. Sorry, that they want that they want Cousins. The ones that want Cousins think he's going to come in and start. Mm-hmm. Think he's going to come in and beat DeMarcus Cousins from the New Orleans Pelicans, get the 30-plus minutes a game. They ain't watching this year. That is not the case. Yeah. He's incapable, quite literally, of doing that. <laughs> uh, it's it's not possible. The guy's mm. been to been through way too much. Yeah, He's a big body as it is. Mm. Uh, and you want to destroy every part of his legs, which they did. They, they already nature. did, yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's not he's not going to come in and do that. But let's break it down. So I did a player comparison. Yeah. Just to compare the two. So points per game, DeMarcus Cousins wins. He's almost double. 9.6 to 5.5. He's double his assists, 2.4 to 1. He averages more rebounds, 7.6 to his 5.4. He's shooting 14% better from three at 34%. Mm-hmm. He's shooting better from the free throw line at 75% to Baines' 73. Um. I guess defensive rebounding, which is very important for the Raptors. Mm. Baines is 3.9. He's 6.4. So that's wow, almost double that's on number. the defensive boards. I mean, you want to tell me that, oh, his defense or his – Okay, you know the you know the one thing that's pissing me <laughs> off is that everyone that's telling me this is a bad – Oh, he's bad in the locker room. Says who? Yeah. Says who? Find me, find me teammates yep. of DeMarcus Cousins. That have been on record saying this guy is a bad destroys teammate. locker rooms. Mm-hmm. Where do people get this stuff from? Where do you get your where do you get your content from, bro? You gotta listen to the player profiles. Listen to there's tons of players right now that have podcasts out that tell you it like it is, who will tell you any day of the week the Marcus Cousins is a ride or die guy. Yeah. And they want to say, Oh, he, this year he's been washed. Absolutely he's been washed. But you wanna compare, let's compare it because right now, statistically, he's a much better player than Baines. On every front that we just listed. Mm-hmm. And he's a backup to Christian Wood who's pushing all-star level. Yeah. So not only are his minutes inconsistent, but he's also backing up an all-star. Yeah. 
Baines walked into this position and said, we told him, this is yours to lose, bro. This is yours to lose. There's no other center on the roster that can start other than you. Go out and do it. And he hasn't done it. So I personally think demote him to the bench, which they did. And we said that from the get-go. Demote him to the bench. And then just swap him completely, bro. Bring Cousins in. I I honestly firmly believe Cousins would be a much better player off the bench than Aaron Baines. There's no question. He's a bigger body. He can rebound better. I mean, I'm not going to say he's a lockdown defender, but Baines is not a lockdown defender either. And offensively, it's not close, in my opinion. He stretches the floor better. He passes better. He scores better. He can shoot a three better. It, it just depends on the the fit and what it like. If we're going to get him, if the Raptors are going to go out and get him on, on a veteran's minimum, whether it's DeMarcus Cousins That's or any the other washed up, get him. It's worth the risk. It's worth the gamble. It's a vet minimum. You're, you're paying less than a million dollars to get this guy on your team. You know he's, he can play. You know he has a good feel for the game. He's played at an all-star level before. Obviously, physically, it's not there anymore. But if he's physically not there anymore and still playing better than a Baines, who is physically all there, uh, it's worth a gamble. It's worth a gamble, absolutely. I, I think the people are confused and the people who you know think that he's going to come out and be a star on this team, they haven't watched him play this year. I, like it's, Sometimes it's, it's painful to watch him play this year. I'm not going to lie to you. Just because... Of how immobile he can, he he is now, and how unsure of himself he is now, and how you know the confidence is is not there anymore. And he's had a few breakout games this this season where he's had like fifteen and ten double doubles. He's, he's probably had, a, had more double digit rebounding games than Baines has. Absolutely. So I don't disagree with bringing him in. I think first explore everything you can with the Andre Drummond deal. I think that's the priority. Max like max that out. You know if you absolutely cannot get Andre Drummond um, in, in a deal, then go ahead and take this risk on, on DeMarcus Cousins. Don't guarantee his deal. Do whatever you want and let him see if he can prove himself. He's got Kyle Lowry on this team. Him and uh, Lowry and, and DeMarcus are boys from Team USA. Maybe Lowry can guide him. Maybe Lowry can lead him. Uh, it, if it, he's a, still here. Well, for the season, yeah. We'll, we'll make the assumption he's still here. Um, but for people who don't want it, who don't want him at all, it, it, it's, it's not really... a. It, it's a win-win situation in my eyes. Mm-hmm. You gamble on a guy on, on on a very minimal amount of money to see if he can come in and produce for you better than a guy who is getting paid maybe what six million, seven million this year and hasn't really produced at all this season. So, for me, make the take the gamble if Drummond is not available and and see what you can do. Um, moving on from the Demarcus Cousins talk, the Raptors lost an assistant coach last night. The lead assistant coach, Chris mm-hmm. Finch. To the Minnesota Timberwolves, who parted ways with Ryan, friend of Nick Nurse, Ryan Saunders. Finally, he's been canned because they've been way atrocious. Too <laughs> way too um, late. And I was, I was thinking, like, when's the last time we've seen, or have we ever seen, a mid-season acquisition of a, a head coach from another team, or them poaching essentially an assistant coach mm-hmm. from another team into their head coaching spot? I don't like. I, we haven't seen that in our lifetime. Uh, I know that in our, fan, uh, in our fanhood. I know that Windy, Windy on his pod said that yeah. it's been since the eighties. That was oh, the last oh, time it there happened. There it is. There the it 80s. is. Yeah. So congratulations. Not, not a common thing to, at all. To congratulations happen. to Chris Finch. Um, huge move for him. I tweeted, "This is the beginning," or "This is not the beginning." This is um, the Nick Nurse effect, mm-hmm. probably prematurely a little bit, because Chris Finch had only been here for three months, thirty games, thirty-five games, um, whatever it was. Uh, but what I will say is. Being on this team, being in this organization, being under this umbrella, being under Nurse, 
I think definitely highlights and makes you a lot more approachable than for a sure. lot of other coaches in the league. For sure. Um, you know, you, you, Nate Bjorken was the first guy uh, to go from, from Nick Nurse's staff to get a head coaching position. Um, Chris Finch, I guess. Let's we, not forget Rex Kalamian, too, a couple of years ago. He left... Uh, he went to the Clippers. Or not the, to be the head, though, but to be an assistant. Like yeah, assistant yeah. Assistants or always Lakers switch around. That, that's a Phil common Handy. thing. <laughs> um, also, don't forget, uh, Coach Griffin was interviewed for the Grizzlies position in 2019, and he was one of the assistants for, for Nurse as well. So just because we the Raptors can't really take full credit and full claim for Chris Finch, Nick Nurse is starting to create a, a little tree of his own, and it, it's, it's, it's cool to watch. It's cool that, yeah, that he's for been sure. doing that. And uh, I don't know if this is considered the same tree, but Jerry Stackhouse is now also the head coach of a college team. Yeah, for sure. And, and he was under, That's a Raptors he tree. Was under, yeah, Raptors tree, right? Mm. And he coached the 905. Mm. Um, last thing before we move on from Raptors, we have some questions from Twitter. Uh, so we got Suzanne Parr, at Suzanne Parr, P-A-R-R. Sorry if I pronounced that incorrectly. Um, but she goes, any topic uh, obviously would be great right now. The loss of Serge and Mark meant all players have to expand their role. Result improvement all around. Larry out, Larry out gives others chance to shine. Larry back and possible other center, and they're a contender again. So, I I love that she brought this up because Larry out is one of the most important things in that whole phrase that she said. And let's let's just call it what it is. In the last calendar year, they're sixteen and zero when Larry doesn't play. Wow, their offense sixteen. Their their point differential is plus ten in in those games. Mm-hmm. Um. I mean, people want to tell me it's an inflated number. We we did so well with a Kawhi seventeen and five. Okay, well my counter to that is when Kawhi left, we didn't fail. Maybe we didn't win a championship, but we were one, we were one game away from a conference final. Yeah. So still a very talented team, very capable, good team. Mm-hmm. And I've said this on the podcast many times this season. Lowry's just not a part of the future of this franchise. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is Freddie's team now. Freddie's a much more reliable offensive option. I don't think I've ever seen Lowry this good offensively. Even when he was an all-star. Yeah, wasn't doing. Wasn't I don't think he was this good offensively. Like he, he did put up the points. I think he did have a season or two where he did put up more than 20. But even then, it didn't happen this way. He, yeah. didn't, he didn't shoot like Fred Van Vliet shoots. You know, Fred. And honestly, like at this point, it's just you want to get something in return because he's going to walk away. Yeah. If he doesn't walk away, then it's like, what's going on? This is confusing. He's not a part of the future. Let him go. Um, that's why I think, you know, get some pieces for him. He's been out. Mm-hmm. Uh, it gives, and like Suzanne said, man, it gives people the option to to grow. Like, Chris Boucher is getting way more touch now. Terrence Davis got a chance to come in the game at the end of the game, get some shots up at the end of the game. Norm Powell in the last six Norm games. Norm Powell is the number one beneficiary 22 of this. points per game He's going to get paid games. because of Larry being yes, out. Yes, yes. Uh, I honestly, I agree 100% with your point. I, I, I can't. You know, a, a record sixteen and zero. They don't lose when you're not playing, and they're winning by plus ten. Is 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 too big of a is is too big of a of a, of, a, of 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 an eye opener for me. So, like I said before, Lowry's role on this team needs to be lesser, and it's it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So it might be best to move him to a contender or to a team that needs him. Mm-hmm. Um, preferably not in the Eastern Conference because I'm, you know, there's that whole GM thing where they don't trade players to the same conference, a team from the same conference. I'm a pretty big believer in that as well. I don't think it's a good idea to trade him to your rival, not rival, but your possible playoff opponent in the yeah, Sixers. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's not a good idea to, to, to do that at all. Um, and it just, it comes down to that this is a new team this year. This is a new core this year. Kyle Lowry is core, but 
he's not because he's gone next year. So give the keys to Freddie, give the keys to Pascal, give the keys to OG. Pray that you can keep Norm. You can because he's in a contract year and he's a player option. He's an opt-in, but pray that you can keep Norm. Norm's gonna get overpaid though. Let's call it what it is. He's twenty nine. Norm, Norm is getting fifteen to twenty next year. Exactly for four years. For four years. Yeah. Exactly. So, so if if you can keep him, I, I, if you can get him to take a hometown discount, he's not taking. I Jack. don't know, but, <laughs> but I would not take but, Jack. He's getting ten mil this year. In, in in terms of Kyle Lowry, it's it, it sucks. It has to be like this. It sucks that. It, does it though? Yeah, it's Why sad. Does it suck? It's sad. Why bro? does it suck, it's bro? Sad. He got a ring. He got his all stars. He's he's a legend. And they're working with him to go where he wants to go. Why does this suck? It doesn't suck. You don't want to be the team to give away every single franchise player you have. Yeah, but or this give, you know what I mean? is different, man. They're not. They're not flipping. Like this isn't the Demar situation. Does Does Kyle want to leave? Do we know any? Do we, I don't think no, he's know not going to come out and say that. it. He's not going to come out and say it. Hmm. I, yeah, I but still you tell me. I'm, I'm sure if if they came up to him and said, "Listen, you can go and compete and win a championship potentially in your hometown." Well, I don't want to trim to the Sixers though. That's that's well, another issue. Well, there. I mean, regardless, he's a free agent this summer, so yeah, he's, he can go. He, he can, can go, go there, if he, there if he wants. So at the end of the day, if Philly's going to offer you a good package, mm-hmm. milk it. Get get as many people. If they're if they throw in like, never going to happen. But let's say they're like, yeah, we'll throw in like a thigh bowl, like Matisse. Oh my god, bro, that's cool. Like, are you that's kidding? A wing player, but take like, him in, take him in, bring him in. We're going to lose Norm. We're going to need another yeah, guy. Need another guy. So, I mean, you know, like it, you got you to gotta milk it. And, and that's why, like, I would just at this point in the last couple of years, we saw Kawhi, Serge, Mark, and Danny Green walk away in exchange for nothing. Mm-hmm. And we've constantly been able to bounce back and still win games and still be a culture. Yeah. But you might as well just try to get something out of this, man. Like, be strategic a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just feel like the, the front office is a little stagnant. Like, they, they just they're not making the moves. Like, it's like, come on. Do something, bro. Mm-hmm. Do, you know, pull the trigger. This year's been a different year from from in the front office. Yeah, in front for office sure. Terms. Um, the, the second question that we got from Twitter, um, from at Jules April eight, uh, what moves need to be made to be a, a real championship contender, including how to be a more long, athletic Boston Celtic team in the playoffs with Smart Brown, Tatum, and Walker. Um, I hate Boston. She didn't. She, she didn't even say <laughs> like it's it's no. They got all those guys, and they they've got Tristan Thompson, who's long and big as well. I to that question it sucks because we I think we've only got one game against the Celtics this season and it was two. off we got we're two and two zero yeah. and two um, the second one we were off a back to back tired looked awful it wasn't a very good judgment of the of, of the game but to be to the the Celtics for some reason have the Raptors number and it's Marcus Smart Marcus Smart didn't play the last game. No, but the, he played the series, the series in the bubble, yes. yeah, and he killed us. And Marcus, yeah, Marcus Smart is is a, a huge catalyst to that team. Some of the biggest things against the Celtics that the Raptors give up is those corner threes, is that three-point percentage. You can't afford to give up a high three-point percentage against a team that can shoot it well. Um, yeah. And they've got Absolutely. shooters on their team. So that's one of the things. Um, another thing is... This uh, the, the last game against the Celtics was live and die against his three. The Raptors shot thirty two percent from the from three point line. So you're giving up a crazy percentage, yeah. and you're not even shooting a good percentage. We're also as well. forgetting that the game that the Raptors lost to the Celtics, the most recent one, like they held Brown to three for eleven, and Tatum had a and poor Tatum game struggled, as well. but Ojale yeah. had like fifty seven exactly, and Peyton Pritchard had sixty seven. They both mm. shot one hundred fifty percent from the field. <laughs> so like you let these random guys come in here and have the career nights yeah. on the same night. Yeah, I mean. Come on, man! It, it, You're it, making it hard for yourself. It, it might it, it might just come down to just just better overall 
preparation. And in, in, in a playoff series, you you've got the ability to prepare. Um, you've got the ability to really scout your team. Yeah. Um, the Raptors, I think, have the pieces. The the For Raptors sure and the do. Celtics match up so well to get against each other with the length, with the size. Um, it's just unfortunate that the Raptors don't exactly have the size at the center position and the rebounding ability at the center position that the Celtics do. Um, so as far as personnel goes, I think the Raptors have a great team, a good enough team to beat the Celtics like they did last year. It just comes down to coaching. It comes down to how are they going to play? How are they going to play together? What are you going to give up? What are you going to let the Celtics have? Um, and it's just unfortunate that the Raptors always give up those threes and always give up career nights to guys that shouldn't have career nights against the Raptors. Yeah, absolutely. I like one last thing I want to say to Jules is mm-hmm. look, it was a seven game series. It was a couple possessions away from the Raptors winning it. So I don't think that they needed a major acquisition to beat this team, but I think that like you said, just the the perimeter defense, you can't allow them to score threes on yeah. either side of the like Jalen Brown can score, Jason Tatum can score, mm-hmm. Marcus Smart burned us on the three. <sighs> um, heavily. Those are the things that you need to stop because if you don't let that happen. Or if you if you stop that from happening, you're gonna win. Mm-hmm. If you don't, you're gonna make it really hard for yourself. So, yeah. I don't think it's a personnel thing; just more like a refining the defense kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but let's move on from the Toronto Raptors and talk a little bit around the league before we wrap up today's episode. Yeah, uh, let's just go right into it and talk All Star starters, man. That was the biggest thing that happened this week. Uh, the All Star starters were named. If you want to, you have it up. So if you yeah. want to just list it for the East. For the East, you've got Kyrie Irving, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Joel Embiid. Now, are you upset? Are you are you thinking about a a, a possible um, snub in any of those five guys? For sure. And who would that be? Bradley Beal, absolutely. And I think Trey Young deserved to be in that Ooh, position as a starter. Trey. But at the end of the day, man, at the end of the day, he's leading the league in scoring, and they robbed him of an All Star last year. Um, this is, this is a, the, a makeup. And, Sorry? This is a makeup? For sure. And it's fan voting, too. So fans felt bad. It was a media narrative. And everybody in the media this year, the whole thing was, it was a campaign on getting Beal out of Washington. Yeah, yeah. You know, like, first of all, I, as a as a fan of that home team, I'd be so pissed if every time I went online, it's like everyone in the world's begging our best player to leave. <laughs> uh, that's, like, the most frustrating thing ever. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think that they definitely, it was a makeup call. Uh, it was a narrative call. But let's call it what it is. Trey Young is... Um, having a better offensive, not a better offensive season. Uh, their team is winning more games. He's averaging, uh, I believe it's close to double-double with assists. Yeah. Um, almost 30 a game, 27 a game. So, I mean, man, like you got to reward winning, but it's, it's fan voting. So I can't really voting. be upset. Yeah. And he got snubbed last year. So I, it's not one of those things that like, I'm I'm staying up and not upset about it. Yeah. But if if I'm going to go and, and say who deserves it, I, I think for sure that uh, it's Trey. Trey Young for sure deserves to start. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with you on that point. I'm not too high on the uh, Bradley Beal starting the All-Star game. Just because you lead the league in scoring and and you're, you're, you're a bucket, it's kind of empty buckets to me if you're not winning games. So, you know, they won four straight, though. They won four straight, fine, fair, but they're still not, a, not even close to being no, a playoff no. team. I'm even close to being a ten, contender in the league. Um, but like you said, All-Star game, fan voting. Um Congrats, Bradley Beal. You know what I mean? Um, I am upset about the Western Conference starters. Okay. Luka Doncic, Stephen Curry, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, mm-hmm. Kawhi Leonard. Okay. So four of those five are pretty good. Four of those five are pretty good. Who are you counting out? Steph? Luka. Luka? Yeah. They're averaging well, similar the, numbers. i got to be consistent. He's I, not winning games. He's not winning games. Neither uh, Steph is doing a decent job of winning games. Steph's but, in like fifth, man. 
They're in eighth. They're in eighth place. <laughs> they they hover. They hover. The person who was shafted, Damian Lillard, is Damian. How? There's no can, question. How can you tell me this There's guy no is question. in MVP talks and he, give the nod? That's the thing. He should be in more MVP talks. He and he is. People are starting to kind of you know get louder on those MVP talks. But the Warriors are in eighth. The Mavs are in tenth. And the numbers that those three guys average are similar numbers. So for me. To, to not give Dame that starting spot, to give a Steph Curry that starting spot, who started in the in, in the in the All Star game before, and he's had his time and he's had his success, and to give a guy Luca, I, I I don't know if he started last year. I, I think he might have, but give it to the Dame is more deserving of that starting spot. Um, I think that was that was one of the most clear cut shafts I've ever seen. No question, because Dame has without having, CJ and they're they're eighteen and eleven, bro. Like. He's carry. He always carries his Trailblazers to team put it in all the time. Eighteen and eleven would put him at second in the West, in the East. Yeah, second in the East. Yeah, because Philly's twenty and eleven. Their first eighteen and eleven. So same amount of losses. Uh, Damian Lillard stays getting shafted. I'm sorry, man. I'm um, sorry, but you des- he deserves it though. You all know he deserves. Yo, that we one. didn't mention this, but he brought up. A, he was actually pretty upset about the whole Chris Finch hiring. Yes, uh, cause yeah, because his boy, I guess there was an assistant coach on that bench that should have got hired, mm-hmm. uh, but he was pretty vocal. But yeah, he just speaks out for the people that are shafted because he is the he number is one there. shafted player. <laughs> uh, he definitely should have been an all-star starter. There's no question. I love Luka Doncic, Don't, but yeah, Dallas has is, been pretty bad all season. It's no disrespect to Luka or Steph. All three of them are ballers. They all ball out. They're all exciting so, to watch. It's interesting just thing. Deserving. If, you, if you actually look at the, the voting structures, mm-hmm. media and players had... Damian Lillard as a starter. But the fan voting is what matters here. So the fans got Luca in. And I mean, what do you do? For several reasons they got him in. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> but Luka Doncic is definitely a great player. Yeah. Um, just before we, we wrap it up, I want to just give a, a little a little shout out to uh, Scary Terry. Yeah. Terry Rozier. Um, mainly because I'm – you and I both are pretty excited about these Charlotte Hornets. They got mm-hmm. a young core, good young core. They're exciting to watch. Terry's been snapping 36 points per game over the last four games. Yes. Um, 23 threes made in four games on 58% shooting. Uh, he's just – he's a firecracker right now. Any, anything he touches just – It goes it, in. It's going crazy. Think, yeah. So he, he's uh, he's killing it. I mean, MJ probably took all those comments personally, and uh, his team overnight just became uh, – I mean, all his draft picks are looking good. Yeah. my uh, I'm going to do one shout-out, too, to the 905. Yep. The, that that our the Raptors G League team has been has been looking great. Jalen Harris had a few games where he balled out. Malachi Flynn played a game in the morning and then got called called up to the Raptors and played a game in the evening. Yep. Um, he had a few good games in the in the G League and then I've seen a lot of great highlights from Gary Payton the sec, the second, um, getting steals and and just you know running the fast break and windmill dunks and this kid has <laughs> he can jump out of the gym. It's crazy. So. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to the 905 team. They 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 they're having a pretty good season for sure. Um, and I like you love seeing like the Raptors development on like on display. 100. Uh, also, Team Canada qualified for the um, the Olympics. I yep. believe it was. Um, and shout out to O'Shea Brissett. He had 28 points in his Euro game. So yes. So a bunch of Canadians, um, you know, blowing it up. Even Canadians in the NBA blowing it up. Um, and that 905 team blowing it up in the G mm-hmm. League as well. So Yeah, know, Jamal Murray around. averaging 36 over the last four games right after I traded him in fantasy. <laughs> I traded him in fantasy for Kemba Walker. <laughs> Kemba Walker 0 for 12 from freaking three-pointer yesterday. Yeah, let's get it. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this brings us to an end of episode number 10 
Here's to another 4 a week for the Raptors. We'll come at you next episode. You can find us on YouTube, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you find your podcasts, wherever you find your tweets and your Instagram pictures, you can find us. And we will come at you next episode.